0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. Well, hey, thanks for being here. Um, I could ca- I ca- just take a second. I'm going to look around because what I realized today, this is a prophetic word for all of you, y'all are the real Christians because you came during spring break. That's what I'm talking about. You get like an extra mansion in heaven. I'm pretty sure I found that in Revelations. No, I'm kidding. It's not in there. But, hey, really glad that you are here today, and I'm excited to get to share the message with you. Why don't you go ahead and open up to 2 Kings chapter 4. If there's anyone in here who actually brought a real Bible, open up your Bible. Raise your hand if you brought a real Bible to church. Let me see. Oh, more than I thought. Awesome. I see you in the back, Matt. Guess what? I did not bring a real Bible. I brought my iPad, all right? So, hey, we're going to talk about grace today, so I get grace. You can have a Bible on your iPad. It's fine, right? 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to read verses 38 through 41, a cool story here in Scripture. Uh, If if you've been with us for the last month or so, um, you've realized that we've been kind of diving into the miracles of Elisha in the Old Testament. And um, showing how they actually point to the person of Jesus and then talking about why that actually matters. So let's read this and then we'll kind of jump in. It says, Elisha now returned to Gilgal and there was a famine in the land. One day as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs. Now, another translation says one of the young prophets. So this young man, this servant, actually happened to be a young prophet, um, was kind of coming up in the ranks, and Elisha sent him out. So he went out into the field to gather herbs, came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, man of God, there's poison in the stew. So they would not eat it. Verse 41, Elisha said, bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, now it's all right, go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. Interesting story here, and we're going to see, like I said before, how this applies to our life and how it actually points to Jesus uh, but uh, I want to remind you of something that I, I kind of hit on about three weeks ago. And as I begin to study and we begin to dive into these messages and seeing Jesus in the, in the Old Testament, seeing him um, in Scripture, I begin to ask the Lord, okay, God, like, I, I need you to show me why this is so important. I, I, I want to know, like, wh- why is it so crucial that we find Jesus in the Old Testament? Because we can find Plenty of Jesus in the New Testament, agreed? We got his words. We can read about what he did. Find him in the old testament. Like is it just a cool thing where we get to see him and it's like, oh, that was cool. And then we leave and we tell everybody that was cool and then it was just cool. Or is there something to it? And the Lord began to get he, he gave me this vision and I saw um I saw like like a, a Kleenex, like a tissue falling down. Like it was like the inside of a person. I know it sounds kind of weird, but it was like a sheet. And it fell down, and I saw another one falling and another one falling. And what the Lord began to show me is that the more that we see Jesus, the more that we grab a hold of his truth, not just in the New Testament but in the Old Testament, what happens is it begins to create layers of truth in our soul. Come on, say that's a good word, Pastor. If y'all won't talk to me, I'll just tell you what to say to me, all right? And if you're really bad, I'm going to make you talk to the person next to you, which we all hate, right? <clears throat> he began to show me it was, it was creating layers of truth in our soul, specifically in the area of grace, this whole series, this whole message is about, the, is, is about grace. It's about Jesus and, and what it means to live in the new covenant. And, and I think what happens is when we begin to see that grace was the message all along, that Jesus was the point all along, that even if we dive back thousands of years ago, that we see that, that, that even in the, the miracles of Elisha, it's actually pointing to Jesus. What's happening? It's creating layer and layer and layer of truth on the inside of us. You see, you can get into the New Testament, And you can read how you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can read that by grace you've been saved through faith. You can read how we're heirs of the kingdom that we're sons and daughters. And all that adds layers and layers. Oh, but when you begin to actually see Jesus in the Old Testament, begin begin to see that, oh, it was pointing to grace all along, it's like three or four more sheets, three or four more layers begin to get added. Here's why that matters. Raise your hand if you still find yourself falling back into performing for God. Anybody ever do that every once in a while? You ever perform for God? Um, Raise your hand if you still feel guilty when you sin. So you're telling me you sin. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Whoops, just led you right into that one. If you still feel shame, and if we still feel guilt and condemnation, if we find ourselves falling back into the trap of performance, you know what that tells me? It tells me that we all need more layers of grace. Ooh, that that, that should be the title of my message today, Layers of Grace. It should be a country song too, Layers of Grace. And I feel like the Dixie Chicks need to sing it. I don't know why. Oh, I'm gone now. I don't know where I'm at. All right. It's, it's, It's finding... It's finding the, the, and, and being truthful with the fact that, you know what, I don't, I don't just want to know about the grace of God. I actually want to walk in it. I think there's something significant even about the vision that I saw that it was coming from the top down. See, I, think, I, I believe that the Lord is wanting to take the, the concept of grace and get it out of your head and get it into your heart. That we can't just know that we're saved. We can't just know that we're forgiven. We can't just know that we're righteous. I want to feel forgiven. I want to feel righteous. And I want to walk around like I believe it. This is what we're endeavoring to do um, in this this series and in these messages. And um, so today I want to title the message, Jesus, Faith, and Freedom. Jesus, faith, and freedom, and I feel like I should add another one to it, America. <laughs> Jesus, faith, freedom, hashtag America, all right? Does it feel right? It felt right to me, slash layers of grace. Okay, I need I need help today because I really don't care right now, and I don't care what's about to happen, all right? Let's just go for it. Jesus, we need you, or I do. God, we love you. Thank you for this time. We we honor this time. We open up our heart, like like Scripture talks about that we would, we would give you good soil, that, God, we would bring you a good soil that, that this word can land on. <clears throat> and we just ask you to change us, to transform us, transform our thinking, transform our believing today. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen amen. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say and just guess that every person in here has made a mistake before. No? there's a couple of you haven't. Okay. We've all made a mistake. We all know what it feels like to make a mistake. We all know that none of us like making mistakes. It just makes you feel icky on the inside. Um, we're all gonna make a mistake today. You're gonna leave church, you're gonna overeat, and you're gonna, the, the, the waiter is gonna come to your table and say, Do you want dessert? And everything on the inside is saying, Don't you even think about it, but some reason out of your mouth go, Yeah, Tres Leche's cake would be great. <laughs> and you will make that mistake and you'll feel it. You will feel it. You will regret it. And then you'll go home and take a nice Sunday nap. Amen. God bless you. We know what it's like to make mistakes. I, uh, I remember, <laughs> this is probably eight, nine years ago, uh, this is when we were living in Amarillo, Natalie was a teacher and a coach. And on Saturday they had like a walkthrough in basketball so I was left with the two boys, we didn't have Kate at the time, and I was gonna kinda try to be dad of the year and I was gonna cook breakfast and I was gonna make pancakes and I was gonna nail it and they were gonna love me for it. So I started making pancakes, I started throwing stuff in the bowl ingredient after ingredient. I looked up a recipe. Don't worry about it. I found, I found a little ingredient. And it said that I needed so much of this thing called baking powder. So I went looking around the kitchen for some baking powder. And um, the chances of me finding baking powder are 0%. Because as guys, if we look for anything, we can't find it. This is 50% of the reason why we get married is so we can find stuff. So I'm looking around. I'm like, I can't, I don't even know what baking powder looks like. I don't even know what the container looks like. But I did find something else. I found baking soda. And I'm thinking, it's the same thing. It's got to be. It's got one word that's the same. I mean, soda powder, what's the difference? It looks the same. Which, by the way, baking soda is kind of freaky if you think about it. You can consume it in certain ways, right? And then you can clean your microwave with it. Am I the only one that's tripped out by that? <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, it's not the point of the story. So I decide I can't find the baking powder. Let's see what baking soda does. And I, <laughs> I whip up these pancakes, and they're horrendous. They taste horrible. They taste like someone threw like a pound of chalk and salt in the, mi- in, in the mix, and I, I, I wanted it to be great, and I was wanting to have a great morning with the boys. I'll never forget my son Jackson. He was probably like four or five at the time. And she's, he's, he's just shoveling syrup all over it, going, no, Dad, they taste great. They're awesome. I'm like, no, they don't. I ruined everything. He's just crying because I made such a mistake. <clears throat> it, was, it was an accident. I didn't know any better, to be honest. Some of y'all are like, you should have known better. I'm like, don't judge me. I didn't know better. I just was trying to make a good day, and it just didn't happen, and I made a mistake. I kind of feel like this is how the young prophet must have felt in the story that we read. I want you to imagine he's hanging out with a group of prophets. They're all in town, and, and not, to, not to mention, he probably looks up to a lot of them, especially the prophet of all prophets, Elisha. Elisha's been going around doing miracle after miracle. And Elisha turns to the young servant and goes, hey, why don't you go figure out what we're going to do for dinner and make this stew? And he messes it up. He goes and accidentally picks these wild gourds and almost poisons all the ministers who are in town. Um, I'll just read this to you in verse 39. It says, he shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Have you ever done something without realizing you were making a mistake? Have you ever committed an accident? (laughs) This is where he was. And then the story gets kind of interesting. Because here he is, he's he's made a mistake, it's an accident. He He did it without realizing, he didn't know any better. And Elisha comes to save the day. And how does he do it? He says, go grab me some flour, and he throws flour into the pot, and all of a sudden, it's good to eat. The poison goes away. Now, what's interesting about the story is the fact that Elisha used flour. Um, Now, I know I haven't created a great reputation today of me understanding what certain ingredients can do and um, what they are part of, but I do know this, flour is the main ingredient in bread. Can we all get in agreement with that? It's like, all right, you don't know about baking powder, but you do know about flour. flour. Flour is the main ingredient in bread. And what does John chapter 6, 35 say? Jesus talking, he says, I am the bread. I'm the bread of life. It wasn't a coincidence. Hear me today. It wasn't a coincidence that Elisha chose to throw flour into the stew. It was a message. It was a foreshadowing of the miracle of Jesus. It was a foreshadowing of the grace of God and how it applies to our life. And here's the message that Elisha in this story is actually sending. Are you ready? With Jesus in the mix, it's actually okay to make a mistake. With Jesus in the mix, it's okay to make a mistake. If it's an accident, guess what? Jesus covers your mistake. Oh, I'll even go as far as to say this. If you make a mistake on purpose, Jesus covers your mistake. If you make a relational mistake, he's above it. If you make a financial mistake, he's above it. If you make a church mistake or just a a dumb relational mistake with a friend or a marriage mistake, or let let me just say this. We're all making parenting mistakes, and guess who covers it? Guess who says it's okay? Jesus. Now, as I'm saying that, how many times am I going to step on that thing? Get out of my life, Satan. All right. <clears throat> what was I talking about, Colin? I don't know what I was talking about. What, we have a problem with, this may have rubbed you the wrong way, what do you mean, pastor, that it's okay to make a mistake? On purpose? You can make a mistake on purpose? Yeah, it's called sinning. Have we not all made a mistake on purpose? If you've ever gossiped, raise your hand. Okay. Um, if you ever Have you ever gossiped when you knew you weren't supposed to gossip? Raise your hand again you just made a mistake on purpose. Jesus, newsflash, Jesus is above every mistake that we would ever make. It's actually freeing to know that it's okay to make a mistake, and and what I mean by that is I'm not saying that that, that it's a license to go out and make mistakes. This is not a, a license for you to go out and sin. In no way am I saying, church, It don't matter what you do because Jesus is going to cover it. You can go out and party. You can go out and have fun. You might as well because grace covers it. No, I would argue that if that's the way that you're thinking, you actually haven't grabbed a hold of what grace really is. Because grace is a person. His name is Jesus. And when I understand what grace really is, guess what? It does not lead me to sin. In fact, as a pastor preaching on grace quite often, I hate even giving the disclaimer that this is not a license to sin. But I do so that I don't get emails. Because I already got one. Because sometimes grace sounds too good to be true. You know what grace does, the message of grace? You know what Jesus does? It, it, that message affects us like it affected the religious people back in the day. It ticks religion off. And if you got any religion hanging out on the inside of you, it messes with it. It's not okay to make a mistake. How is that okay? Jesus. Jesus. Some of y'all need to let yourself off the hook. You made a mistake and you're still beating yourself up about it. I said with Jesus in the mix, it's okay to make a mistake. He fixes things. Um, there's something called the ministry of reconciliation. It's what he came to bring to the earth, where he reconciles the lost to the father. He reconciles those, that, that, those things that, that, that we lose, those things that are in the dark, and he brings us into the glorious light. Um. it really is okay to make a mistake. Now, you might be thinking, uh, well, let me just say this, because I, I forgot to share this story at the beginning. Um, this was not a gospel that I heard preached growing up. The grace of God really wasn't talked about that much. The New Covenant, living in the New Covenant, wasn't really talked too much. You know, I grew up in the, in the 90s, and I, anybody else grow up going to those um, heaven or hell skits? Anybody attend the heaven or hell skits? Anybody still terrified today, tonight? When you go to bed tonight, you're going to think about that because you still haven't gotten over it. For those of you who don't know what the heaven or hell skit was, no, raise your, I want to see who all actually went. A lot of you, okay? I love it. We're going to have a healing line (laughs) after this. We're going to deliver you from what you had to see. If you don't know what these were, you would show up to this church and they would put on this skit and you'd come and sit in the sanctuary and it was actually very, very well done. All right? If you led, if you (laughs) did anybody act in the heaven or hell? Oh, there's a couple of you in here. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Oh, I'm so excited right now. So glad I remember this story. <laughs> she, she was like, oh, sorry, I did. <clears throat> and you go and you sit in this, and you get in the sanctuary, and they just show like a half plane, and they show this whole family sitting in there, and they're sitting there having a good time, and all of a sudden here comes this music, and the plane is going down, and they crash, and everyone dies. And you're just a kid sitting in the sanctuary watching this crap happen. <laughs> and then... <clears throat> They show you how, like different family members go to certain places, and one place is heaven and one place is hell, and they take you out of the sanctuary, and they walk you straight to hell. And they open the door and you walk in, and it's dark, and there's fire, and people are screaming, and there you see the dad and he's in change, and he's crying. Now, now you're crying, you're terrified. I mean, it is brutal. And I don't mean this in a cruel way. I know there's some kids in here. This is literally the point to scare the hell out of you. Any hell you got hanging out in here is going to scare it out. Now, you get to go and visit heaven and you get to see, and they preach the gospel, and <laughs> it, I think it works. I'm not real <laughs> sure. It kind of works. Now, you get a lot of people saved, but you get a lot of people saved that need inner healing. But they, they'll get it, I guess. I don't know. But that's what I grew up seeing, and that's what I grew up hearing. Don't do bad, or you'll go to that place. Better get your life right, because you never know what can happen, and you'll go there. And, and hear me today. There's another gospel, and it's called the goodness of God, the grace of God. And it says that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. I don't want to be scared of a place I might go. I want to be uh, where I might end up. I want to be excited of a place that I actually get to go. I've heard it said this way. We're not just saved from something, but we're saved to something and to someone. You see, grace pulls people into relationship with God. I don't just want to have it so I get out of somewhere that's bad. I actually want to be in a I, I wanted Natalie to choose me because she loved me and she wanted me. I didn't want her to choose me because she thought, oh, man, I might not find anything else better. I might as well I'll stick with him. <laughs> I'll take him. He's good enough. No, 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 I, I wanted to be chosen. Hear me today. God wants to be chosen by you. This is why he sent Jesus, to show you how good he is. Hey man, you made a mistake, Jesus got you. Man, way to go for it, go for it again. If you're taking notes today, I'll give you two reasons why this matters. Why why it matters to grab a hold of the fact that with Jesus it's okay to make a mistake. Number one, what it actually allows you to do, it allows you to live in freedom. When you believe it's okay to make a mistake, you'll live free. No, 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 not free to sin, free to, free to follow and pursue him. Um, <clears throat> many of you know my sports background. I give a lot of analogies in sports. Sorry about that, it just is what it is. But I know this about athletes you can't be a good athlete if you go out onto the field or the court trying not to make a mistake. If you go out trying not to make a mistake, the mistake is what you will make. And it creates a certain athlete. It creates a certain player. They're timid and they're uptight. They're trying so hard not to make a mistake. They're, just, they're, they're timid and they're, they're just so uptight and What's sad about that is I just used two words that describe many Christians timid. Oh, and for sure, uptight. Like, you need to chill out, bro. They're just uptight because there's a theology on the inside that says it's not okay to make a mistake. I can't make a mistake. I'll lose my identity if I make a mistake. I might even lose my salvation. I'll lose his favor, I'll lose his blessing. God can't use me if I make a mistake. It's a lie. See, so you, know, you, you you know what you want with an athlete? You want them to go out not thinking one single thing about making a mistake. You're not thinking about striking out, you're thinking about hitting bombs. You're not thinking about throwing interceptions, you're thinking about throwing touchdowns. You're not thinking about missing, you're thinking about making the basket. The list goes on and on. And what that actually creates is someone who's loose and someone who's powerful. Are you getting this today? When I realize that the that the weight of mistakes is off of me, I begin to live loose. I begin to live free. I began to, to live believing that, oh, I'm gonna go out and make a big play today in the kingdom. God can use me. I'm powerful. He can he can actually use me to bring revival to this city. That my prayers matter. That my prayers are powerful, not in a, not in a uh, prideful way, but in a, in a God-given confidence kind of way. In a I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength kind of way. In a I'm a son and a daughter of the Most High kind of way. Oh, y'all still didn't get it. In a I'm more than a conqueror kind of way. And there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus kind of way. And, and, and you know what? People might take it as pride. Let them take it how they take it. I think sometimes we sacrifice power on the altar of being, 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 don't want people to think that we're prideful. Oh, I gotta be a humble Christian. Yeah, you do. But humility looks different sometimes. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe myself. <laughs> Some of us are so worried that we might be taken the wrong way that we don't step out in faith and we don't step out, we don't walk around as if we're actually heirs of the kingdom. You're an heir, you belong to Jesus. You're his masterpiece. You wanna know why he talked so much about how great you are? It's because you don't believe it. You needed to hear it, I need to hear it. I need to open up that Bible and go, wow, he really does love me. Oh wow, he really does believe in me. Oh wow, he really does cover my mistakes. Oh wow, like I can actually do this thing. I may be a dumb young prophet sometimes, but guess what, he'll just sprinkle a little flour, call it good, keep going on. That kind of freedom is what I'm talking about. Number two, when you realize this, it actually allows you to live by faith. When you understand the grace of God, it actually becomes the very thing that fuels your faith. Um, Let me say it this way. If you don't believe it's okay to make a mistake, you'll never take chances. And you know what faith is? Taking chances. So if you don't believe it's okay to make a mistake, you, you can't live by faith. You'll be like the 11 that were in the boat and didn't step out. I might sink. It might not be what he wants me to do. That might not be Jesus. It may be a ghost, maybe a demon, I don't know. Peter was like, Jesus, if it's you, say it's you. I'm pretty sure the de- if it was a demon, they could have said, it's me. But he knew his voice. He said, tell me to come to you on the water, and he stepped out. Man, you wanna talk about someone who would risk it? He rebuked Jesus. you think you're gonna go die for us on the cross? You don't know what you're talking about. Peter was risky and had some of the most amazing faith out of all the disciples. This is a man, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was him or Paul, that would walk around after Jesus ascended into heaven. He would walk around and his shadow would heal people. That kind of faith. See, we're all called to live by faith. We're called to be believers. The just shall live, the righteous, you're righteous, they shall live by faith. When you come into circumstances that need something, they need it needs your faith. When you come to church, we need your faith. When you pray, you need faith attached to your prayer. We're just, everything that we do, we're called to live by faith, and you can't do it if you're afraid to make a mistake. Grace, Jesus, literally be, be, begins to be the one that, that fuels the very faith that we need. I've learned this about living by faith, if you're gonna live a life of faith, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. Cause you're gonna take a chance, you're gonna risk it, you're gonna get involved in a bad investment. You thought your buddy was hearing from the Lord, he wasn't. He thought he was gonna do this and you put your money into it, you lose money. You take a risk, you'll give a prophetic word to somebody, you miss it, you get embarrassed. Sometimes faith, you make mistakes. I'll close with this story. <clears throat> I was the young adult pastor in Midland five years ago. We were having an encounter, worship night. And <clears throat> I see this girl and she's having this moment with the Lord and she's bawling and she's whatever. And I feel like the Lord gives me a prophetic word for her. So I go over to her and um, not knowing that she's with her boyfriend and they are not married. You want to know what my prophetic word was? Are you believing to get pregnant? Nailed it. And she looks at me, she's like, no, 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 sir. <laughs> what kind of church is this? <laughs> and <laughs> the boyfriend overheard, and he was like, no, 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 we're not having sex, I promise. <laughs> and I just completely bombed the prophetic word. Completely miss it. Thank God worship was still, was still going on, and I didn't do it over the microphone. It was just one-on-one. I just kind of like, I was like, uh, oh, and I just kind of just gently just walked away. I didn't know what to do. I'll just leave you with that. <clears throat> but I can tell you, you know what didn't happen? I didn't go home f- thinking I'll never give a prophetic word again. Truth be told, I, honestly, I just I kind of laughed, laughed about it. It's like, oh, that was bad. I shouldn't, Lord, please don't let me do that again. And he was like, I, you did that yourself, all by yourself. I had no part. I'm like, that's the point. I need you to slap me next time before I do something that dumb. Did I learn from it? Did I go to him and want to get better? 100%. But I made a mistake. And it's not going to stop me from giving a prophetic word again. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to get down in the dumps thinking, you know what? Here's what a lot of us do. Here's what many of you have done. That gift must not be for me. I must be gifted with something else. And I'm here to tell you today, no, you just need to try again. No, you just need to go after it again. Oh, you missed it? Guess what? You're in relationship with the king of turning people who miss it around. The Lord has, um, me grab my phone real quick. Cause the Lord has had me do this each service <clears throat> after sharing that story, um, picking someone out to just, to just to give them a prophetic word and kind of done it, done it off the cuff, but he, he gave me this one before um, during worship. And um, Angelique, I feel like the Lord wants to, to, to give you this word. Um, I hear the word warrior over you, and um, it was so unassuming when I heard it because I look at you, and I'm like, it was just didn't match up, if you know what I mean. I was like, she's just this petite girl. She's very creative, you can tell, and she's welcoming you as you came in, and, and, I, and it was like when the Lord gave me the word warrior, I was like, huh? And he was like, oh, yeah. Big time, big time warrior. And then I saw, um, I saw this bell, and um, he kind of began to, to expound upon it, and I, I felt like he showed me and started to begin to talk to me about the Liberty Bell. And uh, it was just one of those like thoughts way back on the back here, where it's like I think I learned about that in school, and he brought it back up. I began to look at it, and and what that bell actually represents is um, it represents independence and it obviously represents liberty. And I think that your life rings of independence and I believe it rings of liberty from religion. That it's actually, when in fact I see you in the spirit ringing that bell, like walking up to that bell and, and, and declaring when you ring it, people understand, they see it in your life, what we're talking about today. It's an independence and a liberty from a spirit of religion that you actually walk in the independence and in the freedom and in the liberty that is only found in Jesus. Amen. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep prophesying. the Lord wants to say something, I'm going to go for it. You have nothing to lose. Guess what? <clears throat> Well, this, uh, we said this before, let's just get this out, out into our church. You should never make a life-changing decision based off of a prophetic word. It says, let it be confirmed out of two or three witnesses. Let the Lord come and confirm it. So now what that does is give everybody freedom. Your words aren't going to make someone change their life. Your words aren't going to send them to another town, but presumably <laughs> unless it's confirmed... We know how to receive these words and give these words. So what I'm saying is, go risk it. Go for it. Let Him use you. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.